Welcome to the second season of The Cage Equation with Malcolm Mickelson and me, Drake Mickelson. Each episode, we will assign where the blame lays in spoiling a perfect Nicolas Cage performance. To apply the Cage Equation, we'll start with Cage's perfect 10 and subtract the Metacritic score, which will give us the points, Nick, that we will then split between the director, writers, and Cage stars. This week, we are looking at the movie Grand Isle. Grand Isle was released in 2019. It's an hour and 37 minutes. It was budgeted at $5 million. There's no information at all on how much money it's made because it was released on, I believe, Netflix. And it has a startling 29 out of 100 Metacritic score, which means we have 71 blames to assign. Yeah. A quick synopsis. A young husband and father comes to fix the fence of Nicolas Cage and his wife's house which was destroyed when Nicolas Cage shot and killed an intruder that was never reported. Nicolas Cage's wife tries to seduce the young man when he's trapped there during a hurricane. Nicolas Cage then tries to hire the young man to kill the wife, who then I believe also tries to hire the young man to also kill Nicolas Cage. At some point, he discovers that they've actually been kidnapping and, <laughs> and abducting young people, old people, all along the way and keeping them down in their basement. He escapes, is then um, framed by Nicolas Cage for killing one of the people that he finds in the house, and is then interrogated by Kelsey Grammer until he convinces him to go back and look in the house, at which point they arrest the wife. Nicolas Cage then breaks out and eventually tries to kill the man's wife and kid or something and he gets gunned down it gets a bit of a mess at the end because i don't think they really had a good ending scripted for how it happened but that's okay it was an enjoyable movie at least i thought so malcolm what did you think yeah it was one of uh i think one of his better recent movies i'd say and his accent is a plus well and when he had it i think there was a couple points where i think I think the he forgot scene. that he was doing a southern accent on some of the scenes. <laughs> I think, yeah, the, he has he has a big a big set piece up in the attic when he's talking to the young guy and the way he's about to ask him to kill him. His accent completely disappears at that point. And at the end, also, I think it kind of disappears, but a lot of things disappears because I think the whole ending was filmed. Somewhere. It was filmed on an iPhone. Was it filmed on an iPhone? It was filmed on an iPhone after they ran out of money. It unfortunately shows too, although it's actually kind of, that one's kind of entertaining too. But that it is crazy. It was filmed on an iron phone. You could also tell there was actually a whole different uh, hair piece was in there. I think he had shaved by that point. Mm-hmm. It looks like his weight had changed wildly within the, the supposed two weeks that it was gone. So yeah, it looks like there's a lot of mop up going on at the end. Um, this film also starred Kelsey Grammer, who was a bit of a surprise. Um, and I think basically they decided at that point, it seems like him and Nicolas Cage just decided to have a Southern draw off contest to see who could best pull off the Southern draw. Um, no offense to Mr. Cage, but I think Mr. Grammer probably took him on that one. Yeah, definitely. Kelsey Grammer was in a very different, much better movie. <laughs> it seemed the scenes with Kelsey Grammer because, and it's definitely a different movie because he disappears at the end of it yeah. and then reappears. He doesn't, he doesn't do any of the warrants. I think he's the sheriff. Is he the sheriff? He's the, he's the lead detective. Yeah. He's the, yeah. I think it's a detective. I don't even think they're sheriffs because they weren't in uniforms at any point in time. Well, either way, he doesn't do any of the police work 
along the way, including going to the house that they are pretty convinced contains multiple dead bodies. Yes. Um, he sends he sends his partner and three unnamed officers who might be the three worst police officers who have ever existed. He, <laughs> yeah, that was a, a, that was just crazy. Yeah, the two officers, the one that just lets him lets him go. Somehow she goes back down to the basement too. His partner goes down to the basement, and then those police officers completely disappear. But then they reappear after she. So so they go down. And they disappear and she can't get a hold of them. So she goes down, which looks like just the hallway is all it was at the bottom of the stairs. Yeah. But then she discovers the kidnap, one of the kidnapped girls, and then the cops come from behind her. Yeah. I think so I don't know the, what happened there. The people that are helping her, they were the sheriff's department, I think. And then the other two cops. Yeah, on a bad cop scale. I mean, we could give them each a different one, but the guy that they left upstairs with the with the two suspected criminals who then just completely turned his back on them several times and let him get away. Um, yeah. Until they fired shots in what appeared now crowded neighborhood. At first, the, the house seems to be completely by itself until they show up from the other angle. And what you notice, oh, by the way, it's kind it's of a, a very large neighborhood. neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they, I don't think they hit a single shot on the car. They actually, they actually went through and like had the bullet impact show up. You can see them on the bricks. Um, but they, yeah, they didn't hit the car a single time. Yeah. yeah, we jumped ahead all the way to the end on this one. Um, yeah, and Kelsey Grammer was, I, I thought he was great, the mm -hmm. whole thing, when he was, because the whole thing is framed with the, uh, with the guy being interviewed and telling the story of what happened mm -hmm. when he got there. And then, you know. Kelsey. And, and Buddy, the, the main character, <clears throat> played by Luke Benward, I thought he was pretty good. Like, as far as, like, I mean, he was obviously in a, a straight-to-DVD production. Yes. But I felt like he did fairly well at what he was supposed to do. Yeah, he was making, he was doing doing everything he could. And, you know, Kelsey Grammer was doing his Southern draw. I, I loved his line of that, you're on Grand Island, son. We don't describe that big city nonsense stuff. I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's like, what do you think this is, New York, D.C.? And I was just... <laughs> well, I like that, too, because... <laughs> He's recording the whole conversation. He says all that on the record and then pauses it after he says all that to then just talk to the guy normally. Yeah. It's kind of a little backwards of what I would be doing, I think, if I was violating someone's civil rights. And there was the whole idea of the frame job with the, oh, so what you think the frame job was, was what I think happened was you went back there and then you killed this guy. And then you put him in your car and then you did this other stuff. And then you made up this whole crazy story. And the story that he made up was even crazier than what the movie was. And the movie was crazy already. He's asking. Well, yeah, and just the, it doesn't raise your suspicion that someone, this guy tells you this story, but he's found asleep in his car with a guy dead <laughs> on the floor of his car. And the guy who's dead looks like he had been put into the car and then shot. Well, and also he had been he had been abducted like several days before, yeah. right? He'd been missing for a long I thought, time. I thought that was so. This part's never made clear. I thought that was the guy who got shot at the beginning. It could be, and that made. But that I can't tell too. because when I went and read uh, a synopsis, it says that that guy's dead, and this is a completely unrelated guy. Now, this was the pizza guy because there was like a I think there's a pizza delivery. I think if you listen at the beginning, there's a whole radio section where they're trying to set up the fact that there's been missing people. 
and like they went through like five missing people including two girl scouts and all this other stuff and you're like so obviously you knew that's what was going on because why else would you talk about a bunch of missing people during this thing a radio yeah and i think what you were saying is this movie was i think started out as one thing and then turned into something else by the end because so much of it at the end is just a tack on of Oh, and by the way, we found several people held in, you know, held yeah, in the Yeah, they basement. do a voiceover like it's going to be the ending. But then I think the final scene happens after that voiceover, right? Yeah. After the discovery of everything, and then uh, Walter shows back up. So they just tacked on the whole ending at the end. Um, and like you said, they iPhone to film the last part, ran out of money, which is too bad, because actually this seemed like a really... Um, I'm going to say great movie. It would seem like a really decent movie. It was all put together. All the actors were good. I think the only bad actor in the whole thing, maybe you could say maybe his wife wasn't making any sense. But once again, I think that was more of her being written as a whiny, I don't know what they were doing with that part. Yeah, I can't tell because so she shows up while he's being questioned and says, they're telling me you had an affair with this woman, but I don't know who's telling her that because Kelsey Grammer up to this point Kelsey Grammer hasn't left the room with him and he yeah. just admitted to sleeping with it was like he admitted it and then she showed up 10 minutes later and like they're telling me you had an affair which I you know what the guy cheated on his wife completely wrong mm-hmm. but I feel like if, if if my spouse just randomly was being questioned for murder by the police and they're telling this crazy story i would at least stick around long enough to try to figure out if they're telling the truth or not i wouldn't immediately say i don't know who you are i'm gone i'm living yeah but and she at the beginning of the movie too i i think they were trying to okay so i'm gonna actually say she wasn't a good actress because obviously they were trying to set her up as some some type of postpartum depression thing yeah she wasn't playing that at all she was playing uh, a whiny little needy person who why are you not you know why are you yeah, getting mad at him for being stuck in a hurricane after telling him he needs to go make money yeah and then yelling that he needs to go make money after saying they don't have any money and then yeah. you're never home but you're always out working but you we don't we don't have enough money so i there she was not a sympathetic character and i think they probably could have she could have probably acted her way out of that one a little better than what she was doing but, i don't think i've ever seen the actress before though yeah I mean, i'm sure a lot of this cobra kai is, is all that she's listed in oh well then she's high quality there she's betsy betsy i thought that was her name in this no, her name in this was lisa but uh <laughs> yeah no i think she was the only just like bad bad actor which is weird because a lot of his recent movies have had a plethora of bad actors yeah this one was like was pretty well stacked at the top the kelsey grammar the second detective was good um the the wife nicholas cage's wife was really good um she was overacting by a lot but i think she was supposed to they were both crazy people living in a house by themselves that were keeping people down in the basement so what's yeah. good <laughs> she thought of herself as a southern bell that's what she was playing and it was working well yeah, I think it also helps she's actually from the South. So I think she was a little more familiar with the accents than everyone else. Yeah, especially, oh, too bad she did not keep up with uh, maybe Tudor Nicholas Cage a couple of times. 
but yeah, I overall we usually I mean if we're gonna go into who who's the blame, usually we have a couple actors to say I and usually I'm I'm actually usually the one defending the girlfriend or the wife, but I just don't think she it wasn't written particularly well, but she also wasn't doing a good job with it. She just went straight to whiny. Yeah. She probably could have done something better than that. But even she was filling the role of what she's supposed to. You're supposed to somehow understand this guy. And yeah, that was the whole justification for why he's cheating. No, well, the, the, it was just, it was, <laughs> it was bad. It's like, she's like, I just don't feel sexy since I had a baby six months ago. Understandable. Like, yeah. I don't even feel like that was like the most unreasonable thing for someone to say. <laughs> if you just had a baby six months ago, but they play it up like it's like, this guy's been neglected for years or something. Yeah, it's a viable reason for him to do all that. I don't I, know, it was like, Kelsey was like, with her husband in the next room? He goes, I don't know what to tell you. It was stupid. Okay, there you go. I think mean, maybe, yeah, that was was. maybe that was the problem. That guy was acting too smart most of the time. He, if he would have played an even stupider guy, it would have made more sense. Yeah, it was he's one of the better like heroes and or like main characters in the thriller i feel like like yeah. he gets the sense pretty quick that something's something's not right and he's trying to stay out of it as much as he can um until he gets offered twenty thousand dollars to kill the wife i don't know actually honestly when he got when she invited him upstairs at that point and then nicholas cage is outside at some point i'm just walking out to the hurricane yeah There's, gotta be someplace else you, there's gotta be a shed or something you can stay in until this is blown over it doesn't make any sense for him staying there at all but with these kind of movies it never makes any sense why anybody's still in the house well the, yeah and abby and i talked about it and we were just saying oh i probably would have just stolen their car yeah and then like yeah i felt unsafe and my wife and and newborn were at home yep. um and i would just take my chances with the judge I, I would, yeah, if you really want to be even shady about it, you could have said, like, oh, yeah, why do you think I left my truck and all my materials there? We we agreed. Yeah. Or how about you just, I mean, and once again, or you could just walk to a half a mile in a hurricane until you found someplace to, to hunker. Yeah, especially it, if it's just in the middle of the suburbs. It was a one night at way out. I think it was supposed to be out in the middle of nowhere. But even so, it was for one night. It wasn't like he was trapped out in the middle of nowhere for yeah. days. But, I mean, once again, with these kind of movies, you kind of have to give some some level of what the heck are you doing. And, and there is somebody there, the cop the whole time is going, what is wrong with you? I don't know. I'm just stupid. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, so actors, just, just really her. Plot, I, I thought the plot was interesting. Like I said, I think if they hadn't run out of money, it would have probably been a, like a fairly successful thriller. Um, yeah, but like you said, they the whole finish of the movie, um, it's just like still shots of like a kid's room that you're supposed to assume is the room that they had kidnapped these children into, and yeah, <laughs> it was weird. And uh, yeah, you can tell they're saving. I thought one of the funny things is what they probably weren't actually, but Nicholas Cage, the way he looked through the entire movie until the end. It looked like they were also trying to save money with having him have a makeup person because, man, he looked haggard the whole thing. You could tell. Yeah. He was just like, don't make me look any better. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to look like I sat here and drink beer all day. Mission accomplished. His uh, his story for how, why he's the way he is was really funny to me. The whole, uh, so <laughs> some boot 
just set off a grenade right next to me. Yeah. It's like, then I can just set off a grenade next to you in, in your tent or something. Like, what was he doing with his grenade? <laughs> and then, um, so I should have, I should have been there. I should have died with him. It's like, he got blown up by a grenade though. Like, <laughs> honestly, I almost wonder is like how much of that story was actually even true. It oh yeah. He's just, Conflating it, it to make it sound better. Yeah, the whole thing was fake. Maybe he wasn't even ever in the military for all you. I mean, they they went so many different ways that that could have followed through. And at the end, there was nothing. Also, when was this movie set? Because <laughs> <laughs> no he's, he's playing like what fifty years old, and it's in he was in Vietnam, so he would have had to been eighteen when he was in Vietnam. So that's a 30 years after 1970, if you're being really, I mean. I, th- I think that's the benefit of filming in the South, though. You can yeah, it could be modern day. It could be 20 years ago. You don't know yeah. the difference. And nobody has a cell phone. So it had to be yeah. set like in the 90s. Yeah, because they saw a, a rotary phone, didn't they? Yeah. Like the, with a little turn dial on it. Although I do have the feeling if you went to Nicholas Cage's house right now, you'd have a rotary phone anyway. Yeah. So it was a cool a, phone too. It was a nice yeah. orange phone. Cool. Yeah. They had really good decor in that house. Yeah, it was good on the house. We should talk about a couple of things. Um, the fence. How long does it take a person to fix fix a uh, five feet of fence? Well, it's ten feet. It, uh, probably got to replace the whole section, so it's ten feet. Yeah. Or a seven. No, it was the whole section, so it's seven feet, which is ten posts. Yeah. Ten. So wait, what? <laughs> And then he gets through one post in three hours. In and three he hours. has all the materials there, it seems. Yeah. Yeah, he is. I mean, and no, he doesn't, though. That's the other thing. Well. He's just picking up the pieces and rehammering them together. I, oh, yeah, because he says, I'm just here to evaluate it. Doesn't evaluate. He starts putting it up. Yeah. And then you get, but I mean, you get a couple of like, he's like, well, there he is. There's my negotiator. I, I, Nicholas Cage is out there holding a the beer, talking to him and everything else. And they, I, yeah, worst handyman ever. Couple other problems. I, I would say there are a couple other problems. It all comes down to money, though, with this thing, though, because like even the hurricane, they keep showing the hurricane, and basically they show a sky, and then you can tell they just put a filter over it to make it look darker. Yep. There's never any rain, even when they open the door when there's supposed to be a hurricane going on. After the hurricane, there's not a single tree or limb that's been fall that's fallen anywhere. <laughs> and one one thing, so he runs in and out a lot during the rain. Uh-huh. And in order to show that, they start with just his sleeves getting wet. And then the next time he runs out, it's like down to his chest only. And then the next time it's a little <laughs> bit lower. And that's how they're showing that it's raining. It's just by like dampening this t-shirt barely. Yeah. Great special effects. Yes. All right. So we're still trying to okay, we're gonna so we're not gonna get much to the actors. Steven S. Campanelli. Yeah, I don't think any of them actually had anything gone through hey he worked on million dollar baby and three billboards outside of oh ebbing he was the camera and electrical director on those two things though so so this was his first directorial it's too bad he didn't get the money so you could have actually seen what happened with it um the the writers i don't even they don't even have links to them so i'm not even sure what they've done well i'm surprised they're enlisting any writers uh, because I know one, they, one of the only pieces of trivia I found about this movie was that Nicolas Cage improvised almost all of his lines. Really? Yeah. Well, this makes it even more impressive what he did. I can also say, 
It's, it sounds like, I mean, you listen to Kelsey Grammer too. It sounds like most of that was improvised too. Yeah. Honestly, the fact that this, but for $5 million, the fact that this movie looks as good as it is and it was as entertaining as it was is amazing. Yeah, I thought it was odd. So this was his second zero on Rotten Tomatoes ever, but uh-huh. it doesn't feel like it should have been. No. Like, I, I enjoy this much more than uh, Source of Apprentice that we watched last time. Yeah. It was like, this is, I, if, it, if you're saying, oh, we're going to sit down, we're going to watch a Nicolas Cage movie, and this is on the, on the wheel of, and you spin it, if this comes up, I'm fine. If somebody else in the, in the room hasn't seen it before, he's like, yeah, you got to watch this at least once. I mean, this is not something I'm ever going to watch again unless it's, and if it's halfway through and the Kelsey Grammer is about to tell him that this ain't New York anymore, or Nicolas Cage is about to tell us about his time in Vietnam, I'm going to watch that part. I'm not going to keep going, but after they get done talking, I'll turn it off. But at that point, I'll watch watch them choose some scenery again. Speaking of Nicolas Cage's time in Vietnam, I thought the way they (laughs) painted the main character as a coward Yes. So his his entire unit gets burned alive from it sounded like an artillery strike or something. Yeah, who knows? And he said, "I try to save my buddy." And then at the end, Nicholas Cage makes him, and he can tell he can tell there's something he's hiding. So he makes yeah. him admit it, and his admission is, "Oh yeah, I saw my friend burning alive, and I ran away." It's like, no, I think that may have been the only rational thing for you to that do was, in that moment. Was that was yeah. everyone? Everyone was burning alive except for you. <laughs> I'd probably get away from the fire. What are you going to do? You should have gotten a fire extinguisher. But I mean, yeah, there was nothing you could, and there was nothing actually Nicholas Cage could have done either. So I guess they kind of on his stuff either. I mean, it was just survivor's guilt, which I'm supposed I suppose is supposed to be tied up once again at the end. I think it was all probably a thing that they probably put that all in to try. Oh, by the way, guys, we ran out of money. Nicholas, what do you think we can do? I got an idea. I got a military uniform. I can I can throw on real quick. I'll put this on. I'm gonna tie this all up in a nice neat bow for you. Hera, the, the last line he says is super funny too. It's um, it's the motto of his unit. Oh, he says gunslingers always Guns. forever. Yeah, and, and it pulls out a second gun and starts <laughs> blasting at people. That was awesome. So he's holding like the old school revolver throws the guy away and before anyone shoots him manages to draw a second weapon and and that is riddled with bullets by how many i think there was like five or six cops who empty every clip they have and his body is riddled with three bullets and the way he dies it might be the best nicholas cage death scene of all time he kind of just it looks like they really wanted to film him on the ground but he wasn't able to just fall to the ground so he like yeah goes to his knees sits back grabs his stomach and then dies backwards yes oh, it's so good. <laughs> i also like to point out walter that's a great name it's a great name <laughs> especially for that character what was the what was the wife's name it was like fancy or something wasn't it yeah fancy yeah which is yeah which is <laughs> man i just i really feel like they had not run out of money this would have been one of his bigger movies in the last few years. It would have been, it would have been, a, I mean, it was obviously being released to Netflix anyway, but this would have been, yeah. They could have went really crazy with it at the end and really just amped it up to the point where it would have, would have been great. Um, oh, and then the last, the last line, 
when they're doing like the little voiceover at the end was really great too. I say, we may think we, we know our neighbors, but maybe we don't. I think even the voiceover was like, I think, I don't think anything was written in this movie. <laughs> I think they just, no, it was. Yeah. So we got 71 points. I, I don't know if I'm, is it 71 points? Is it, Can we give like 29? Yeah. 71. It, it is 71. I'm going to try trying to think. Can we give like some of those points to the critics? Because <laughs> this is not this bad. I don't know. So I think I would give like let's say five points to the the wife. I really think she was the only one who maybe didn't hold her weight. But yeah. I think well, there, there were some dumb deputies too. But they were just supposed to be dumb deputies. I mean, I, yeah, they're unnamed, so it's yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, but at least sixty six points. I, 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 is it the director's fault they ran out of money? No, I feel like that's probably his job, right? I think it's the well, yeah, but I think the director got these guys on board. I think got everyone bought in. It seems like yeah, he got these guys there. I think Nicholas. It seems like Nicholas Cage and uh, Grammer were there for this guy. Who else? Yeah, I would do twenty points to him. I think, and I think that's just because I wish he had not spent the money shooting the thirty minutes of seduction scenes that he puts in the middle of the movie. Yeah, he could have got rid and of that. shoot even five minutes. Of the, the the actual ending to the movie, please. Yeah, he should have looked at that and just cut that stuff out. Just said, nope, we're going to do the end first. Yeah, and it seems like they didn't shoot the end or the beginning because the beginning was kind of a little all over the place because it has Nicholas Cage shooting the guy uh-huh. with. I like his line of, "You picked the wrong house, didn't you?" Um, as he points <laughs> a gun to someone's head, and then then there's the Girl Scouts, which I think is supposed to set up how weird fancy well, is but the but the girl scouts are also some of the people being held in the basement at the end they tell no them, i think the children in the basement are the ones they impregnated no they're that's going on too but those girl scouts there's two missing girl scouts mentioned at the beginning of the radio too okay so, so okay which so is that's weird. there and i didn't even pick up on that which is and weird then, because the girl scouts got away and then later got abducted after they got away and then um, the, he's he's trying to do something at the beginning too. The main guy, yeah, he's trying to convince someone to buy into his business or something. Yeah, yeah. and then that immediately cuts away to his wife calling him a failure, basically. Yeah, and all that's just to set up him going to fix a fence. Yeah, I feel like you could have started at the fence. You could have started with his wife saying, "Hey, we really need money." He said, "Okay, well, I got this fence job. I'll go." I'll go work on them. He could have been dropping her off at home and said, hey, I got to go fix this fence. I mean, they could have done the whole little Nicolas Cage Girl Scout thing. That would take it three seconds. He's dropping off the wife at home, gives her a kiss and says, I love you. She loves him. And he goes and fixes a fence. Boom. Yes. You could have cut out the entire diner scene. You could have cut. Yeah, you're right. The director. Well, the writers, too. But I think the writers and the director kind of. Yeah, I do. So I think I'd give 20 to the director. 20 to the writers yeah. and then five to the actress uh-huh. and then just say, I think it should have been maybe like a, a 45 or a 50 meta score. Cause I, I don't think I can blame them for anything else except for running out money. Yeah. Or we can give it to the producer. There should have been a producer somewhere out there saying, Oh my gosh, let's get these guys a couple more dollars. When you're looking for something to blame, I guess the other people is the, the guy that wrote it was Ivor William Jalal. And he actually was wrote this screenplay. It was actually Fancy Buddy and Mr. Walter was the name of the screenplay. 
I like that better. Actually, it works pretty good. Um, it was picked up by Jeff Rice, who was a producer for Two Guns and um, I think one of another Mark Wahlberg production. So obviously, but he's worked with Denzel Washington. But yeah, they, they ran out of money at the end. Why couldn't we have just fronted them another half a million dollars or something? Somebody's got to get a little bit of money so they can film something at the end of, the, of this thing. Well, and this would have been, so 2019, I feel like that was kind of the start of Netflix's and all these streaming services, like making all these movies. Yeah. And so I don't think they had quite figured out the balance. And I, I mean, they still haven't figured out the balance. They lose money on like every movie they make. So yeah. But five million, I mean, that's, that's even for a direct-to-video movie, that's cheap. Yeah. The cheapest, and then you got to figure part of that, I don't know how much Nicolas Cage got paid, but that's probably, him and Kelsey Grammer was probably four million of that right there. Oh, yeah, I, I'd assume they took more than half between yeah. those two. Yeah. I would also say since I ever, I don't know, I'd almost give it to the producer as much as I would to the, the director, too. Oh, I just found this. So I clicked on the errors while I was looking for something. And so it says Cage was supposed to be an ex-Marine, but he's wearing a bizarre looking quasi-military uniform that doesn't belong to any branch of the armed forces. <laughs> he says the ranking insignia of both Army Private 2 and Specialist 4, along with a checkered tie and two Army marksmanship medals. Yes. So he had two rankings. He had two rankings, one of which... Both of which I feel like are higher than someone who had just been deployed to Vietnam would probably have. Oh no, there's um, no way he had I, th I thought they were just like shipping people straight over basically with very little training. Well, he said it was his first time. He, he never even saw combat. Yeah. He literally says he just got shipped over there, got hurt before he even saw combat. Yeah. yeah so why would he have, I, yeah, I, I have a feeling by the time you got to the end of this movie, if you would have had Nicolas Cage write a few more lines, it would have been Truly wonderful. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think any extra points beyond those go to whoever didn't fund the rest of the movie. All right. So at the end of the day, I guess we're giving 5% to the actors or five points to the actors, which is 5%, 20 to the director, 20 to the writers, which is 45, which leaves us over with another 30. I have to start doing math. I'm at 26 more points that we're going to throw at either the critics or whoever the heck was should have given them a little bit more money to finish this movie. Yeah. I enjoyed watching this movie. This is actually the second time I've seen it. And actually, I had more fun watching it the second time because I was ready for the funny parts to come along. But I guess that comes out to the end. Do you have any closing thoughts? Nope. Nope. That Me either. Let's spin the Cage Equation. I'm Drake Mickelson with Malcolm Mickelson. And once again, thanks for listening. We'll be back with another episode soon.